RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be construed as medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement, but as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Saturday Night Livestream. Hope you guys are having a lovely evening. Let me ask you a question. If you've got some blue-haired, woke weirdos putting your kids in danger, threatening their future, what are you going to do? Well, chances are you're probably going to fight back. And that's exactly what my guest tonight did and is doing. We're going to be joined tonight by Gabrielle Clark. She's a Nevada mother who took on the system that was endangering her children, her son, and her daughter. We're going to hear about the situation, the case that she had, the ongoing scenario, and hopefully what we can all do to fight back against woke indoctrination of America's children. Do me a favor, don't forget to like and share the broadcast. Help us by getting it out there on your favorite social media platforms, whether it's Twitter, Truth, Gab, Getter, Facebook, Telegram. Really appreciate the help, guys. Thank you to Principal Enigma, already starting out with the gold pills on Foxel. He said, Zach, if you have any questions on the stuff I sent, please don't hesitate to ask. I got mail today, but I didn't have a chance to open it, so I just might. Do me a favor, sit back, relax, and grab your popcorn, because we're going to be right back after this. All right, welcome back to the show, everyone. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we are live on audio and video right now, and I just want to say thank you, everybody, for being here. And please join me in welcoming our guest for this evening, Gabrielle Clark. Gabrielle, how are you tonight? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. It's my honor to host you. Uh, and uh, I just want to tell the audience, uh, I became aware of Gabrielle uh, when I saw some incredible video clips of her going around uh, telling this, I believe it was a school board, letting them know what it was that uh, that she thought and uh, how their decisions were affecting her children. Gabrielle, there was a time in America when people just kind of assumed that when your kids went to school, they were going to be safe. Uh, they were going to be in a situation where uh, y you could trust those administrators uh, that you were putting your trust in to take care of those kids. They were going to get a quality education. They were going to come home. They were going to do good stuff with their lives and they were going to make something themselves. That's just not the case anymore, is it? No, unfortunately, it is not. Um, we've had to take an active role in our child in our children's educations. Um, like no other time, um, as long as I've been alive, um, I have five children and I thought by the time I got to my last two that I would be done with having to fight with the school district about this or that, or even a teacher. And it turns out that I have had the hardest struggles with my youngest two children than I've had with any of my other children. My oldest child is 27. 
So all of these years, the last 20 years of, of having my children um, in schools has never been this complicated and um, quite frankly, this detrimental to their, to their emotional and psychological well-being, physical as well. Let me ask you this, Gabriel. Did all of your children go through the same school district, or do you think there's something special about this last school that uh, your, your two youngest children have had to deal with? Well, um, we've moved around the country um, a lot more than, than most people do. Um, and so my children have had experiences in public, um, charter, homeschool, pods, and it has gotten increasingly worse over the course of the years. And specifically in the last five years, I would say it has become completely and totally unmanageable. Mm -hmm. Um, My, I mean, we had to actually flee Las Vegas. We were, I live in Houston. Now we live in Houston. Now I had to flee Las Vegas for fear that, you know, um, my my daughter was in you know in such danger that I I'm you know I didn't know what would happen to her. Um, while we were in Las Vegas, though, my son was uh, going to Democracy Prep at the Agassiz campus, as was my daughter. Um, and the pandemic helped us see what exactly was going on in their classrooms. My son was given an assignment where he was to list his identities his race, religion, sexual orientation, gender identity, socioeconomic level, that sort of thing. And then he was given two signifiers to attach the, to those identities. One was oppressed and one was privileged. And because I'm half black and half white and uh, my son William, his, his dad is white. His dad was white. He's three quarters white. My first husband was black and my second husband was white. So some of my children are three quarters black and some of my children are three quarters white. So according to this class, William was oppressing myself and his siblings, even though they all grew up in the same household. Um, And that's utterly insane. So when he was asked to do this, he refused because who wants to do that? Sure. Who wants to call themselves because he's a white Christian, a Judeo-Christian values um, male? He's supposed to identify as privileged. When he had to do this assignment, I was recovering from being in a wheelchair for years. Mm. And we had lost everything. And we were living in a dirty motel in Las Vegas, and he was sleeping on a mat on the floor. Mm. His dad died when he was one year old. So, no, he wasn't going to say he was privileged. There's nothing privileged about that life. There's nothing privileged about that. No. And no matter no matter his skin color or any of those other things, his value system, none of that is going to change his status in society. Those immutable characteristics don't have anything to do with whether or not you make it in life. So he wasn't going to do that. We talked to the school. We tried to get them to let him opt out of that class, and they said no. And not only did they say no, they said that if he didn't complete, complete the course, that they were going to fail him, which would, which would prevent him from being able to graduate from high school. 
Wow. That's, that is a horrible thing to do to a child. So we sued. All right. So who did you actually sue? And uh, was it uh, the teacher? Was it the school district? Was it the school itself? How did that work? It was a network of charter schools. But yes, we sued everyone from the teacher all the way up to the state. Because what I did was when they refused to let my son opt out of that class, I sent emails to every single person on the chain of command. And they just gave me the runaround. We're supposed to have protections in place to stop people from discriminating against our children. We're supposed to have people in place to stop teachers, rogue teachers, from um, violating their civil rights. That's compelled speech. It violated his rights. It violated my rights as a parent to to effectively parent my children. And so, you know, we said no. We said no. Once we got to once once I sent emails to everyone uh, on that chain of command and then the very last person told me to contact the teacher, that was when I said this is crap. And we I found a lawyer. So, you know, what's shocking to me, Gabs, is that you were the only person, the only parent that apparently had the courage to step forward and say something about it. That means that everybody else, every other child, every other set of parents, uh, they were already indoctrinated themselves and they were comfortable with uh, that line of teaching, uh, being told that because of their race, no matter what it is, that there was something inherently bad about them. Uh, So that's a really sad statement uh, about our society, I think. What ended up happening with this case? Well, the case is ongoing. Um, We filed in December of 2020, and by April of 2021, they had a change of heart. (laughs) And um, they allowed my son to opt out of that class. They expunged his record of any bad grades, and he has since graduated. But we had to go through months of torture, and he had to go through through months of not knowing whether or not he was going to graduate. Right. And we had to go through a lot of money and time and energy and make our story public, have the, have the, all of society see what's going on in our home. Um, that, that was, that was unforgivable. So we refiled um, and our amended complaint, we're seeking damages. We're right. not going to allow um, a, a justice to go unserved. And not only that, but we, we want to set a precedent because not only am I the only one who decided, and when I say I, I really mean William, because he was the one who had to make the ultimate decision about whether or not to do this, despite the fact that we just, dis- we discussed it as a family, but he was the only one to to really decide that he was going to stand up for his rights. There are kids all over the country who this exact same thing is happening to. Mm -hmm. Almost every single parent that has received a survey asking for pronouns or asking for um, a breakdown of of your identities, any kind of intersectionality class, all of those people have cases, but they're too afraid to speak up. And too afraid to speak out. And so, you know, we said, no, that's enough. Enough of this nonsense. 
Well, I, I applaud you and I applaud your bravery. I mean, certainly, you know, the emotional and mental distress, uh, you know, the invasion of privacy, having to open yourselves up to the attacks, to ridicule. I mean, I truly believe that these ultra radical on the, the fringe of the left are uh, an increasingly small portion of society, but they also happen to be like the most vocal and they're not getting shut down on social media. Uh, They are themselves a protected class. If you say anything negative about the way that they're treating people, then they immediately claim that you must be racist or misogynist. You must be transphobic. There must be something wrong with you because you don't like the fact that they're infringing upon your rights. Well, and they're strategically placed as well. Um, I think that a lot of people don't really understand, even though they don't know any of these people, these people are still controlling their lives. Um, If you've ever had to go to a DEI training, you know um, what that's like. What what does DEI stand for? Diversity, equity, and inclusion. Okay. And it's anything but. It is all about how to break yourself down into into little boxes and little little categories that that is not who a person is that's not what we are um we are the melting pot we're not little boxes and little silos we're we're the melting pot in this country and we don't have all of these intersections and uh, different identities We identify as Americans. We identify as people. And that's all the identity that we need to observe as far as uh, as far as the society is concerned. An individual can decide for themselves what kind of person they want to project to the world and how much or how little they want to reveal about themselves to the world and whatever else the world perceives. It's on them how they perceive it. And that's the way it's supposed to be, not this, not this, um, you know, this sacrifice all of your, all of your um, identities on, you know, on the throne of um, intersectionality or on the throne of social justice. You know, no, we're not doing that. We have protections as people, as Americans, and we're not going to submit. Amen. That's exactly the way things should be. And, you know, I mean, I was born in 1978. I feel like that's what I was taught when I was a kid. My daughter's 21. I don't know how she avoided this stuff, but, uh, you know, I I never saw this when I was going into parent-teacher conferences, but I've seen it kind of erupt over the course of the last couple of years. And I made a joke in the description about uh, the, the teachers on TikTok, but you're absolutely right. They have been strategically placed. They are in positions of power, uh, positions of influence all throughout American society. And uh, and it makes it appear as if it is more prevalent than it actually is. And they are in the active process of brainwashing people across all segments of society. And uh, I I think more people need to stand up and say that they're not going to deal with this anymore. You shouldn't be forced into this this ideology, this woke identitarianism. Uh, It it should be a, a choice. You know, you're absolutely right. People should be able to choose who and what they identify as. But you don't have the right to uh, impress that upon other people or, or force them to subscribe to what you believe or how you choose to behave yourself. Well, a lot of people don't exactly understand how pervasive it really, really is. 
-hmm. Because while I was fighting for my son's rights um, on the CRT woke indoctrination, my daughter was being socially transitioned at school into thinking she was a boy. And so for months, we had to we had to decide what to do with that. And ultimately, ultimately, I had to make the decision to leave Las Vegas and move back to Houston because the because the the situation had become really, really terrifying. I mean, um, I didn't want my daughter to go back to school. I just couldn't I just couldn't allow her to go back to school um, because I was worried about what they would be teaching her. My son was was being discriminated against because of SEL and my daughter was being I mean, because of CRT and my daughter was being captured by SEL. And so. We had to um, we and I, I mean, I know this sounds dramatic, but I feel like we had to flee Las Vegas because if not, my daughter could have been taken from me for not um, recognizing and affirming her gender transformation, um, you know, and and it sounds it sounds insane and it, and it sounds really fantastical, you know what I mean? Like it sounds like a fantasy, but you know, in California, children are being taken away from their families when they're not uh, when they're not affirming. Um, and, and Las Vegas was adopting a lot of the same policies and a lot of the same behaviors as as the systems in California. And I was very afraid that if I did not affirm my daughter, then she would be ultimately taken out of my home for being unsafe because I'm unsafe. And that's, a, that's what I call parallel language messaging. All of these, all of these um, woke ideologies use this, um, they use the language and they use linguistics to distort the understanding of, of what it is, what it is, our what our vocabulary has always been and yes. all the words that we use in our vernaculars. So we don't even, we, we talk to them and, um, and they, and, and they understand us, but when they talk to us, they're using parallel language messaging to confuse and distort every single thing that it is that they say. And so that parents do not, parents think that everything's fine. They mm-hmm. think they're doing the right thing. They think that their schools are um, good places and their schools are full of good people who care about their children. And they're really not. You're absolutely right. And I don't think that your fear was unjustified in any way. I don't think anybody in the audience would. I mean, the ages that your children were at in you know, middle school, high school, those are formative years. And uh, the entirety of your identity can be solidified in that child during that time. And I think that's why they're putting so many of these people into positions of authority over children so that they can indoctrinate them and ensure that once they go out into the world as adults, they're going to continue to broadcast that uh, identity that they're trying to put out there into the world and to use that doublespeak. I mean, it makes me think of uh, 1984, you know, I mean, uh, they are taking words, they are distorting the definitions of them. They fully understand what the normal average everyday person 
uh, thinks in their mind when they hear a word, but then they're using it in a completely different way and distorting that definition. You're absolutely right. So yes, and I call that parallel language messaging. I think um, that, when that's I speak, a great to parents, way to discuss it. <laughs> yes, when I speak to parents and I try to. Um, I try to help them understand exactly what's happening because now, now I've, I've become a de facto, um, you know, by default, um, uh, leading authority on, um, gender, uh, on rapid, uh, rapid onset gender dysphoric children and how to help them desist. Because I wrote the plan and I wrote the program to help my daughter successfully desist from transgender ideology. She does not think she's a boy anymore. She understands and she is based in reality now. And I wrote the program to pull her out of it. And now I have become pretty much the leader in that area. Well, it, it it's obviously a brand new phenomenon, so that position is necessary. We're going to be moving into the future here, and I'm sure that this is going to continue to be a problem all over the nation, all over the world, really. I mean, this is not a problem based solely in America. I want to go through the process, exactly what happened to your daughter. I mean, how did she suddenly believe that she was a boy trapped in a girl's body and perhaps needed to go th- through gender reassignment? Well, every single um, every single person that goes through puberty suffers from some sort of body dysmorphia, right? Sure. You think you're a little too fat. You think you're a little too skinny. You're not tall enough if you're a guy, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. Um, but just like just like social contagions um, in the past, um, people have latched onto a fad in order to cope with those, with those body dysmorphia issues. And for, for girls, especially in the past, it was things like um, anorexia or bulimia or cutting. And in the current, in the current situation, the popular thing to do now is to disembody yourself and take yourself out of your body so that you don't suffer this dysmorphia. But that is not rooted in reality. Mm -hmm. That is not based in reality. That That is living a cosplay all the time. That's just LARPing all the time to an extreme degree. So, you know, the... The whole, the whole gender dysmorphia, um, social contagion is, is one of those things that the reason why we don't see it as much is because, well, quite frankly, we had always kind of had this around, right? In the, in the form of cross dressing and that sort of thing. Well, you know, um, those people, uh, over the years have decided that they need to be living their lives publicly in society and that they need to have um, their little fetish and their little kink affirmed by the rest of the world. It mm-hmm. has become their religion and how best to protect something than to exercise the um, 
the rights that they should have in children, because how can you attack a child, right? right? How can you attack a trans child? So the CRT and the SEL work hand in hand to give these protections of race and sex and, um, and then distort them in a way that makes it nearly impossible to refute. By the by, the majority of society because they've they've changed all of the language to um, into something that does not that is not rooted in reality. Um, you heard the other day the um, the the lawyer from Berkeley talking to uh, Josh Hawley mm-hmm. talking about transphobia because he's not recognizing that a man with a penis can't be a woman and a woman who has a vagina and is pregnant is not a man. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just plain old sex-based reality, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and because they're trying to force this gender religion, this cult on society, they're now telling us, don't believe your eyes, don't believe your ears, don't believe your instincts, your body is wrong, everything you know to be true, it's wrong, you don't know what you're talking about, believe me, trust me, that is a girl. He's got male pattern baldness in a, in a mini skirt on with them knobby ass knees, that's a motherfucking man. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm sorry for swearing, but you know, um, you can't, you can't come to me and, you know, with your male pattern baldness and, you know, all that hair coming out of your nose and, you know, uh, and your five o'clock, five o'clock shadow talking about unknown binary. That's not, you're not, no, you're a dude. You're a dude. Oh my God. It's so no. true. It's so it's so true. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, no, I try to be serious, but no, no, no. We can be as we can cut it up. I love it. I absolutely oh. love it. All right. So, and just just so we know that we're all speaking the same language, Gabs. Uh, one of my viewers, uh, Pi, over on the Foxhole, says, "Miss Clark, could you please explain the distinctions between CRT, SEL?" D-I-E agenda. Is that what it is? D-I-E or D-I-L? Do they overlap? Uh, All of these acronyms, this is another way that they can kind of slip it through because if people don't know the definitions of the acronyms, then how can they fight against it? Right. So, um, and not only that, but even within those acronyms, they change them, right? So critical race theory is CRT, but so is cultural responsive training or culturally responsive, you know, teaching. Um, so even, even within the movement, they do everything that they can to try to mislead you and, and misdirect you and yes, and skew. So CRT is critical race theory. And basically critical race theory is, you know, a set of ideas that really started in, um, as, as a debate as to how and why uh, how and why racism is the reason for disparities in society. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a theory, and there are lots of aspects of CRT that are very, very fact-based. But there is also and there are also ideas that are still being debated 
and mm-hmm. they are supposed to be debated. That is the that is the um, reason why we go to university is to explore ideas. But just like just like any other uh, any other dumb idea, you know, you don't put it into practice, right? You just right. say, hmm, "That's I didn't think that one was a good one, so let's not do that." One. You know, um, in theory, um, you know some some mathematics uh you know some math, math mathematician could calculate the exact um the exact uh, amount of pounds of pressure needed to um hang a you know uh an elephant off the side of a cliff by his tail with a weed mm-hmm. you know in theory you know it could work but <laughs> you know are we going to do that to try it out i'm going to say no you know yeah. we're not going to we're not going to test that particular theory. And we're certainly not going to do it as an experiment on children. You know what I'm saying? You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know what I mean? Um, this is the same principle. You know, we don't, we don't, um, we don't, uh, you know, throw a fresh cadaver, cadaver on the, um, on the uh, classroom table and hand each one of the seven-year-olds a scalpel and say, okay, let's, let's find out what's in that kidney, buddy. You know, we don't do that. We don't do that for a reason because it's, you know, that's, you know, yes, we want to teach children about biology. Absolutely. We want to teach that, but we do it in an age appropriate manner. That's right. And so, you know, those kinds of ideas, those kinds of theories need to stay in the academic setting in university as a postgraduate, a postgraduate um, exercise, you know, um, in, in law school, you know, higher ed, higher degree, you know, so, uh, because those theories are complicated and there's a lot of nuance and there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of, um, I don't know, different, um, different debates that need to take place that, that a 17 year old or a 15 year old is not equipped to do mm-hmm. so yes. we you know it's not that is not the place for crt um sel is just a big fat stupid you know um idea that a bunch of uh you know soft brain liberal white women came up with that you know if we if we're going to be nice to everybody then we need to teach empathy well i mean Yes, we need to, uh, we do need to have empathy, but we don't need to have so much empathy that we uh, let a drug addicted homeless murderer into our house. Like that's a bad thing. You know, we shouldn't, we shouldn't teach the children to have so much empathy that they don't know how to decipher between what is good and what is bad or what is right and what is wrong or what is real or what is not. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that is how um, the SEL program, program, which is social emotional learning, it started out as something that was supposed to be good. You know, um, children do have, uh, you know, the, the, behavioral problems in education has risen. Um, And this was supposed to help with that. But because SEL in schools 
turned into, a, you know, um, open season on indoctrination. It, it literally doesn't. What it really does is tell people that they're not responsible for their own behavior mm-hmm. and they can just act like little animals. And we're all supposed to love and care and support them. Um, through their um, feral stage. No, (laughs) that's the opposite of what it means, what child rearing is. Mm -hmm. You know, child rearing is all about teaching your child how to live in a society, you know, um, eat with a fork, live indoors, all those kinds of things that, you know, our society uh, affords us. Not, not, you know, teaching them that, you know, uh, if they, if they uh, know how to put together um, the dishwasher that obviously they're born in the wrong body. And instead of, instead of, um, you know, growing up and becoming a cool, cool plumber, they should just, you know, lop their boobs off and be a YouTuber. I mean, you know what I mean? That's, 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 <laughs> it's just insane. You know, that's what, that's what is happening. It is. It is. And then what was that third one? Uh, DEI? Is that is that an acronym that they're using? DEI is uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Oh, okay. Okay. Diversity, and equity, and inclusion. Yes. That diversity, equity, and inclusion is something that is more of a training program um, for adults, including teachers. Mm-hmm. So let me tell you how stupid DEI is. So <laughs> DEI is one of those um, one of those things where, you know, they, you, the teachers go in and they get taught how to, um, recognize and, um, identify and fight whiteness. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so one of the DEI programs that I had a hand in fighting was a DEI program in North Carolina that was um, geared towards um, uh, special ed teachers for preschoolers. So the special ed teachers for preschoolers are going to need to learn how to dissect whiteness in order to teach preschool special ed are the are the 4-year-old blind kids racist is that what we're saying why does a preschool teacher need to learn how to dissect whiteness and how to address whiteness with her students the only reason why she would need to know that is because she's trying to be prejudiced, like or trying to be a racist, mm-hmm. not the other way around. Because I guarantee you there is not a special needs four-year-old or, yes, because that's what it is. It's three and four-year-olds. Three and four-year-old special needs kid is not going to be racist. I guarantee it. Not even a little bit. No, no, it's but, not often you know, that you see disabled people in the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> They're not yeah, rushing mean, out. <laughs> you know, um, that's just completely and totally asinine. But this yeah. is where we're at in society now. Um, you know, the DEI training is is completely and totally and utterly ridiculous. But but, you know, one of the one of the 
problems that I'm seeing and I'm, and I'm really struggling with and I'm trying to help people understand. They don't have to participate in a DEI training, even if you don't go to a, even if you're not employed in a government facility. It's, it is an EEOC violation to make people participate in these kinds of trainings. But most people won't do anything about it because they're afraid of losing their jobs. They're afraid of uh, cancel culture. They're afraid of, you know, um, how scary filing a lawsuit is. But, you know, we used to send people to war Mm -hmm. to fight for our freedoms. But what happens when your freedom is being attacked right under your nose, in your job, in your school? You have to become a warrior and you have to fight back. Absolutely. I want to continue with that line of thinking, but we need to take a break for the second half of the show. We'll be right back with Gabrielle Clark. All right. Thank you for sticking around. We are back with Gabrielle Clark and we're talking about the woke indoctrination of America's children. Gabrielle, you made an incredibly important point there. Uh, We used to stand for things here in this country. We used to stand for responsibility. Uh, We stood for virtue. Uh, You know, America was the shining star of the world. We were the number one nation on the face of the earth. And seems in the last several years since these woke, ridiculous people have taken over this country, uh, we have slid further and further down and more and more people are afraid to stand up. Now, you said that you had to flee Nevada. Um, did you feel that uh, that you or your children were, were actually in danger? Were people out in the community coming after you for having the courage to stand up? Uh, no, believe it or not, Nevada oh, wow. is still very much the wild, wild west. Um, <laughs> but but, you know, there and I mean, that is where libertarians have their annual you know, whatever it is that they do uh, Mm -hmm. in in Reno. So there's still quite a lot of of free-thinking people in Nevada. But just like we talked about before, the people who can really hurt you are strategically placed in positions of power. So under parallel language messaging, because I would not, affirm my daughter, then that to an educator would mean that I am unsafe. That's essentially violence in their eyes. That's right. So because, because, um, speech, speech is, um, is violence in their view. Silence is violence. Um, speaking ill about a particular group is is in their mind, literal violence. Mm -hmm. So um, not affirming my daughter means that I was an unsafe person and um, in their mind would give them justification to, um, to, to compel me to do so or else. Um, And that's one of those things that, you know, happened in California, which was the reason why I started speaking out about what was happening with my daughter, because just like every other parent, I was embarrassed and ashamed and scared to say anything. So while all of this was happening to my daughter, I was just staying quiet and dealing with it quietly. But it wasn't until I was watching my friend Nicole Solace um, uh, with the Heritage Foundation 
I was watching one of their um, one of their press conferences and um, and I heard Abigail Martinez talk about what happened with her daughter. Now, her daughter had had uh, depression and anxiety, those kinds of things. And instead of treating the depression and anxiety, they indoctrinated this child into thinking that she was trans. And so what did they do? They took her out of her home, put her in foster care, and gave a child with depression and anxiety testosterone. Mm. And so she stepped in front of a train and killed herself. Oh, good God. That is the kind of thing that is is happening. I, I last week, um, was asked to... Um, to a roundtable discussion with um, Dr. Ladapo, the Surgeon General of Florida, to discuss um, discuss my um, my experience with rapid onset gender dysphoric children, and to explain what I did as an alternative to gender affirming care, because gender affirming care is crazy. You know, when your child is having difficulties, when they've experienced a trauma, the appropriate measure is not to disembody them. The appropriate measure is to help them cope, help them find tools to um, to self-soothe, help them find um, balance and help them appreciate the body that they have instead of telling them that they're just not who they are, maybe they're in the wrong body. That is completely and totally nuts. No, it's absolutely insane. And let's define uh, gender-affirming care for the audience as well. I mean, that's essentially uh, giving them the, 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 the puberty blockers, the same stuff they give to pedophiles, uh, perhaps right. giving them uh, life-altering and uh, unamenable surgery, something that you can't undo, uh, perhaps putting them into a um, uh, uh, the care of a therapist who is just going to push them into the idea of getting uh, a sex change, something that they, uh, they, they can't really go away from. I mean, you hear about people who have detransitioned, but I mean, when they cut your penis off or they cut your breasts off, I mean, you're never going to get those back. And so if you thought you had a problem uh, with dysphoria before, I mean, just imagine looking in the mirror and thinking, you know, God, where's all that stuff that God put there that's supposed to be there? Well, we had um, at that roundtable, there were about a dozen other people besides me, and some of those were detransitioners one of whom was only 17 years old. And she was, uh, she started puberty blockers when she was 13. And she uh, was placed on uh, wrong sex hormones. Her breasts were uh, removed. She had the double mastectomy. She, she, well, she doesn't know if she'll ever have a baby. And if she, if she is lucky enough to have a baby, she doesn't, she won't be able to nurse her child. Mm-hmm. Her voice is permanently changed. Yeah. There are things that are permanent, you know, her, um, when you go on, when you go on puberty blockers and when you go on hormones, your, um, your, uh, reproductive organs atrophy. Mm-hmm. So if you're a male and you go on reproductive um, and you go on, a um, a puberty, not puberty, um, uh, what am I trying to say? <laughs> if you go on wrong sex hormones, 
your your penis shrinks. You know, that's the last thing we need is a whole bunch of sexually frustrated micro penises walking around. You know, we yeah. don't need that. That's not a that's not a good thing. You know, that's not I mean, and and not only that, but even if even when they decide that they want to, um, you know, have their penis inverted, there's not even enough skin to do it. So they're having to take skin from they're having to take tissue from other parts of the body um, when, when, with the girls. Once they once they amputate their breast, um, they they'll never be able they'll never be the same again. But they take it even further and try to create um, a phallus that is never going to work. And they do that by skinning your arm for the tissue. So you're completely and totally mutilated. This this Frankenstein medicine that they're doing is 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 criminal and i've been spending quite a lot of time trying to help those detransitioners find lawyers and find legal counsel because what these doctors and medical profession professionals are doing is it is negligent and it really should be criminal is there a significant financial incentive in place for medical practitioners that uh will uh, affirm these ideas and uh, and go through with these surgeries for people. Uh, do you think that's it, or or is it simply just them? I don't know, going along with uh, the brainwashing. Well, there's always money involved, of course. I mean, yeah. with all this indoctrination, there's millions and millions and millions of dollars to be made. Um, the pharmaceutical companies that you know that weren't making money on people who this this affects the most which is girls girls who if you left them alone really might grow up and most and most likely they grow up to be lesbians Mm -hmm. but lesbians don't have babies they don't need birth control they don't need all of those kinds of things that you know that uh that pharmaceutical companies um like to push on women so how do you make a lesbian, um, how do you turn a lesbian into um, customer. a permanent mental, yeah, a permanent customer? You make them a mental patient and, uh, you know, you make them a, a permanent medical patient, a permanent psych patient. So all of these, all of these people are also are, are on all kinds of um, psychotropic drugs mm-hmm. and, um and um, you know, uh, depre- you know, medicine, medications for depression and anxiety. Um, a great deal of them are already autistic, so it's that's one of the reasons why they are so impressionable. Um, you know, and they also use use the medical profession and use actual real mental illnesses to enhance their um, to enhance their protections. So they create all of these mental illnesses. And say that they have, you know, multiple personalities, and they have uh, autism. Even if they don't, they have all of these me- all of these um, um, mental disorders and stuff, so that they can, you know, um, get get us uh, get their sex sex assignment surgery, get get qualified for these um, these uh, gender affirming care um, therapies. 
This is it's this really, is another this is another one really of those things that we see on TikTok. I mean, like the uh, the explosion of uh, transgender kids uh, combined with you know you said LARPing before. I mean, that's exactly what it is. These people LARPing uh, with all of these various disorders. You know, I mean, self diagnosing autism and uh, disassociative identities or multiple personalities. I mean, like all right. of these things were just like you know incredibly rare. Just a couple yes. of years ago, and now it seems like virtually, I don't know, 50% of the millennial generation uh, has one or more of these things. And uh, and as a result, they're just getting screwed up, you know, and, you know, we, we've talked about, you know, d- the general mutilation of these kids if they go through with these surgeries. Um, you know, but that's that's when it's like done effectively. I mean, it's not even to say the people who have botched surgeries, and I don't even know how to quantify that. I've heard some horror stories. I've heard some people talking about it that were trying to detransition. Um, but I think it's probably a, a lot more frequent than people realize. I mean, there are some very, very horrific things that can happen to you when doctors start cutting around inside your body and, uh, you know, especially in the genital area. Uh, and and you, there's no coming back from it. You know, a lot of these detransitioners have been silenced all over the country for for the past few years. And and most of us were thinking, oh, well, in 10 years, we'll we'll see. But we don't need to wait that long. Mm -hmm. Um, They're they're experiencing the negative. And and when I say negative, that is an understatement, the detrimental um, effects of wrong sex hormones. Uh, within a month of of taking them, some of them. Um, I have one one of the one of the women that I spoke with. Um, she she can't um, she can't function anymore. She was only on uh, wrong sex hormones for one month, and she's in constant pain, and she doesn't understand why. I mean, you know, any medication that you take is going to have some kind of side effect. Mm-hmm. But they're treating this like um, like it it doesn't because the science isn't fair to tell us if if there are side effects when it is prescribed for this particular thing. But that's not science. You know, real science would look at how it affects people who are being treated with these things for for other diagnoses. So take, for instance, precocious puberty, precocious puberty. Those people are having to take um, having to take um, uh, hormones. Well, those people will tell you that it is no picnic. And the people who also have to take stuff like Lupron, that's the one that they give the sex offenders to chemically castrate them. Mm -hmm. Well, just because you're taking it for gender dysphoria doesn't mean that it is not going to have the same effect. It has the exact same effect. So you, by the time you uh, are 16 years old, you have no sex drive and you, and and you have no, you know what I mean? Like that is not, that is not uh, the kind of medications we should be giving to children Mm -mm. for, for any reason. Um, so and, and just uh, I've heard the term precocious puberty before, but I'm not familiar with what it it is it is exactly. Can you define that for us? No, no. <laughs> what are the <laughs> symptoms of it? I mean, is it like a kid who is like uh, like like overly pubertied? Like I mean, like going through puberty too early or something? 
it has all kinds of different, uh, okay. there's all kinds of different issues with precocious puberty. That's one of those things that you'll have to um, talk with a doctor about because I am not a medical professional. So no problem. No I can't problem. tell you all of those things, but I can tell you that, you know, even if you have, uh, even if you are quote unquote intersex, okay. Mm-hmm. And you have some sort of DSD, um, that still, that still is, does not translate into being trans. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even those people have a biological sex. They have a mutation of that biological sex. We need to, we need to get national, we need to get federal legislation, you know, um, in, you know, our, our Congress people need to be, um, need to put forth some le- legislation that um, gives a definitive definition, uh, a finite definition of what, what the sexes actually are. So, and they need to do that by talking about, um, by not just chromosomes, because we already know that if you're talking about XX and XY chromosomes, yeah, that's male, that's female, or that's female, that's male, whatever. And, but, but there are mutations of those chromosomes that can get, that can, you know, uh, uh, cause you to, to not have that particular uh, chromosomes that right so right but but there is a way to to um definitively understand what each sex is and that is by your gametes if you if you create small gametes you are a male if you create large gametes you are a female um so you know those the, that's the definition that we should be that we should be pressing our legislate our legislators to um, to put forth so that we don't have this problem in the future. Um, you know, it because we don't have uh, definitions for what male and female are. We're experiencing all kinds of uh, gender bending um, repercussions. Sports, for example. Oh yes. Um, we have you know we have biological males dominating in um in female sports um and it's not it it does not you don't need to be a biologist to know (laughs) that a male who has been through male puberty is just going to outperform a female in certain areas right And, and as it pertains to um you know height differences and weight differences and and any kind of, you know, physically athletic um, sports, that is going to be uh, an issue. And so now we're seeing, you know, I think in Pennsylvania, they just, they just uh, uh, made the determination that biological males are not allowed in female sports. Is that where Leah Thomas? I don't remember his real name. That's right. Okay, so William. So, William. So William's not going to be able to swim with the ladies next year. Yeah. No. You know, real ladies don't have to tuck, right? <laughs> so um, we're, you know, uh, one of my friends, Jennifer Thomas. She had been traveling all over the country protesting at at uh, William Thomas's swim meet. Good. And um, she was on the steps in Hartford, Pennsylvania, 
to um, to celebrate the fact that they are protecting women and girls by not allowing men in in female sports anymore. And, you know, the um, William Thomas will not be competing in the Olympics and the girls that he um, that he stole um, their sport from those girls will now be um, swimming in the Olympics instead. Well, that's um, great because news. Because they've decided. It's it's sad, though, for the ones who already lost to him. Are, are, do, do you know if they're going to give them their medals back? Because I'll tell you, uh, there was nothing more uh, uh, illustrative of what was the problem than that picture of him standing there and the other three girls to his left, and they were like half his size, like, of course this dude is going to smash every record. Of course he's going to beat every woman that he goes up against. You know, I mean, like that one clip, he finished like a full 30 seconds before anybody else did. You know, it's like uh, it, it's 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 shockingly disturbing to see that people were even willing to accept that he could compete against them and it would be a fair playing field. You know, I'm I can't believe that we live in this clown world um, where anybody would be okay with a man saying, yeah, I'm a woman. And then going in the dressing room and taking off his clothes Mm -hmm. and letting his dick flop out so he can put on a bathing suit, tuck it all in real good. And, you know, he's standing out there in his, in his uh, bathing suit, you know, uh, with this great big giant bulge and every, and he's about to jump in the pool with these girls. I don't understand. I don't, I'm trying to, I, I don't understand that. No. I don't understand that. And let me tell you, I don't have a problem with trans people. I don't have a problem with gay people. I don't have a problem with any of that. I'm bisexual. I have a gay son. I, I dated a cross dresser for years. Him, he, me, him and my daughter used to go and get uh, Mandy's and Petty's on Saturdays. But there's a big difference between um, having a king and then, you know, uh, out swimming a bunch of girls in a, in a nationally competitive sport. You know, um, this this whole thing, in my opinion, is so that all of these autogynophiles can walk around in the grocery store in their dog collars, um, you know, in their assless chaps and everybody just say OK to that. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you have your king, but we don't have to accept it. If that's what you want to do with your life, fine, do that. But we don't have to accept it as true. That's because right. It's not. It's a lie. What happens in your bedroom should not be on full display 24 hours a day and uh, there for children to have to try to reconcile. And this I think is representative of a large part of this issue that we haven't even touched on, but the grooming of these kids. I think that they want to put these ideas into the children's heads when they are so young so that they become easier to manipulate in sexual situations. You know, I mean, I mean, how many times in the last couple of years have we learned about some grown ass man going into a fitting room or cornering a 12 year old girl in the public restroom at a Wendy's or something like that? molesting them and then they get off because they were trans or something like that i mean it's absolutely insane and people are not protecting their children this is the most heinous aspect of it from my perspective 
the safeguarding the safeguarding issue is a huge one i can tell you in my daughter's tiktoks and instagrams and all of that there were about 5000 agps what does that stand my for daughter, autogynophiles okay autogynophiles, and what do they do that's that's the autogynophile that's basically that's basically a dude who couldn't get any as a dude so he put on a dress and now he's a lesbian. Oh, and so, right. he, uh, he, so he can pick right. up chicks because he's a lesbian. Okay, okay, okay. Right. I've seen people and, like that before. Yes. And that is, that is, you know, a lot of, a lot of people have gotten really um, burnt out on hearing the word misogyny. But mm-hmm. this, when you're talking about misogyny in this context, it is wholly apropos. Um, you know, a man who who tells women, well, you should want to sleep with me because, you know, despite the fact that I have a penis, um, because reasons. You're transphobic no. if you don't want to let me you, sleep with you. That's right. <laughs> if you don't if you don't want my girl dick, then you're just a big old fat bigoted transphobe. No, I don't want that. You know, it's um, ma'am. <laughs> Mm-mm. Do you remember mm-hmm. that the guy? Man, the yes, the guy, mm-hmm. <laughs> the guy from GameStop, mm-hmm. the GameStop guy. Obviously, people are disturbed. Uh, you know, it's um. I wanted to ask you how much of what happened to your daughter do you think was related to that culture on TikTok? Like, was was that a a a, a significant aspect of it, or uh, do you think that she was influenced by uh, authorities at school? Was it just you know kind of the overall culture and kids in her grade? Well, it's a trifecta, right? Yeah. So when we're and when we're talking about children, anyway. So when you're talking about children, it's social media and then it is reinforced by their peers and then it is affirmed by their schools mm-hmm. so you know that's why and, and um, you know that's why you see higher concentrations of it in in more populated regions um, and and really in bigger cities because the acceptance of this, is uh higher in in um in big cities than it, than it is in smaller towns or more rural places. So, you know, the the beginnings of it a lot of the time is social media because these kids look at TikTok, they look at YouTube, they start going and doing deep dives. I mean, how many times have you you gotten you know, have have you jumped on YouTube and started watching, you know, watching, you know, funny cat videos. And then after two or three hours, you're you're looking at some sort of morbid, you know, sure. macabre something, you know, because that's, you know, that's where it takes you sometimes. No, and, absolutely. And, you know, the makeup videos and the and the influencers and all of those things. They they take you to different to different places. And so it yes, it does get it does get started on uh, social media. And unfortunately, the TikTok is probably the worst because there is a TikTok to OnlyFans pipeline. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, so they'll see it on social media. They see it on TikTok. It gets reinforced. They start internalizing it. 
They go out on their own social media, come out as trans or whatever it is, stunning and brave. Everybody praises them. Then they go to school. And of course, the teachers are like, well, you know, we don't want to discriminate. We're going to back you up on that. And then they go to the parents and say, guess what? Your girl is actually a boy. And uh, here is all the resources you need to uh, have them sexually uh, uh, and, and surgically turned into the opposite gender. And it's a vicious cycle. It's uh, it's it's tragic. It's very, very tragic. We are about to open up the phones. I'm going to go ahead and uh, put the information on the screen. And let me make that so you guys can see it a little bit better. And let me just say, Gabs, thank you so much for being here. Having a great time speaking with you. Uh, this is a really important subject. And, um, you know, it's it's difficult to talk about sometimes because, you know, all I see are these people acting like, you know, insane people? I don't have any personal experience with this stuff myself, so I'm not particularly educated on it. Um, and I think that people need to be, you know, you have to be able to look for the warning signs of this stuff, uh, you know, it, because I don't want to just look at this youngest generation of children and think it's a lost cause. You know, I mean, we have to save them. We have to be willing to put in the work uh, to unindoctrinate them, to unbrainwash them. Because otherwise, you know, I mean, 30, 40 years, America is going to be done. You know, we're living in the last days of Babylon, it seems like right now. And uh, these people, uh, they're just they're they're churning out, you know, exactly what they need for their pedophilic fantasies. And and at a certain point, you know, I mean, that's going to continue on. It's going to be a self-perpetuating process. And uh, if what happens when all of the kids are trans? How are people going to propagate the species? You know, there won't be anybody left to have babies. You know, the nuclear family, you can forget about it. You know, they've already, that was the first thing they tried to destroy. And then they try to destroy, you know, the actual uh, genders of people. Uh, and then, and then the next time after that, you know, you identify as a toaster and you're sticking your dick in the, the light socket. You know, I mean, people are absolutely insane. Uh, all right, so let me drop the Zoom link over here onto Odyssey and on Foxhole, and then over onto Rumble and uh, Odyssey. There we go. All right, and thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight. We're going to bring in our first caller. And let's see, if you have a question about woke indoctrination, uh, what you can do to fight against it, things to look out for, by all means, if you just want to chat with Gabby, you can do that too. Caller, you're on the air. Who am I speaking with? You're speaking with DJs. How are you? I'm doing good. I I was hoping that was you. I always uh, see the first three of your phone number, and then I'm like, well, maybe it's somebody else from New York calling in. But I got to ask. So, DJ, how have you been, buddy? I've been good. I've been good. Um, thank, thank you for this guest and thank you for being on. Um, I want to say that, uh, you know, I live smack dab in the middle of New York City. I live in the middle of Midtown, right? Um, and I live in a very big building. There's a lot of people that live here. And also, as you know, I'm a DJ and that's been my job most of my life. Um, so, you know, I'm no stranger to gay people. I am no stranger to, um, cross dresses and so on and so forth. So as of late, I've been speaking to, you know, to a few gay people who I know and some people who I'm friends with that live in my building. And I asked them about the transgender movement and pretty much no one has like endorsed that. Almost all of them have said that it's the most terrible thing they've seen in their life. That they they agree with me. I'm like, you know, that really really hurting your movement. 
you know. Um, so go ahead. You were going to say something. Yes. The the LGB alliance has um, has popped up and said, hey, look, we didn't invite the T and the Q. Nobody invited <laughs> them to the party. Uh, you know, I, I've been uh, I've been a member of the LGBT community um, most of my life. And, um, you know, we used to be completely and totally fine with with trans people. Um, but now they're trying to come into my bathroom um, and and force me to force me to accept uh, their king. And and that's not that's not what the LGBT community was ever about. I mean, if you look at every every aspect of our society, they've, we've, they, we've all been infiltrated in every, in every group. Um, Antifa in, infiltrated, uh, Black Lives Matter infiltrated, all of these, all of these woke ideologies infiltrated something else that was a good thing that was supposed to be, um, that was supposed to uh, accept and, and be inclusive and fight against, fight against evil. And, and, you know, they have masterfully um, infiltrated into the LGBT community. And now, you know, lots and lots of us are standing up and saying, no, we didn't invite them. You know, we didn't invite them. And the, the people in the LGBT community, even in the trans community, have a saying, good men stay out, so bad men stand out. So if there's a TRA trying to get into a girl's bathroom, you know that's not a good man because that person does not respect the woman, is not respecting um, privacy. You know, they have a saying in, in, um, in Britain, it says, and they've been, they've been talking about this, the feminists, the radical feminists in Britain have been fighting, about, fighting against this for, for uh, you know, years already. And they say, respect my sex if you want to get my ex. So all of these politicians, all of these politicians are being told, hey, look, if you want us to vote for you, then you better respect the fact that I'm a woman and keep these men out of my bathroom. Let me ask you this, DJ. You know, it, obviously, New York, it's uh, you've got a lot of different peoples there. It's always kind of been on the uh, the vanguard of these movements. Um you know, have have you spoken with anybody about this uh, phenomenon of um, uh, bringing children to drag shows? I mean, that's uh, another part of the the grooming uh, aspect of this, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I just I'm I'm shocked at the things that I'm seeing here recently with um, you know trans men with with boobs running around uh, nearly naked, with, holding the hand of like a little four-year-old girl in a tiara. You know, I mean, it, it, I've always thought that it was illegal to bring children under 18 years old in, into bars. And it's even more heinous when you're parading around naked in front of them. Well, uh, I, I spoke to one of my neighbors, uh, she has a, a little girl. The girl is going to be, I think, four. And I was speaking to her about that. And, and she didn't seem to have any problem with it. And she, you know, during the conversation, she kept referring to the, the, the drag queen as her. And I was mm -hmm. like, no, him. I kept saying, no, him. 
by the end of the conversation, she was like him. And I was like, there you go. And she felt like embarrassed that she even said him. And I was like, but there you go. I mean, you know what I know. And you can't, I mean, who are you talking? I told her like, who are you talking to? I'm twice your age. I definitely know what I'm talking about. I've seen this movement from the beginning, you know, and she was very embarrassed about it. But there's a lot of stuff going on that's like completely backwards. I, I just don't understand a lot of it. I don't understand how people, you know, just don't see it or don't, eat, they, they just don't want to admit it. So, so the thought in my head is like, it's like if you're walking down the street and you're not paying attention where you're walking and you look away for a second and then you turn around and you walk into a pole or you walk into a tree or something. The first thing you do is look around to see if anybody else saw you because you don't want anybody to see you looking like a fool. Sure. You know, and that's, that's the analogy I give this. Like they don't want to admit that they were wrong that from the beginning. But I mean, being as of mixed race, you know, I'm, I'm black and Cuban. You know, I, I know what it's like to be sub- subject to racism. I grew up in a mostly white neighborhood so i definitely know what it's like to be subject to racism um and i don't understand a lot of things that are happening like i me telling somebody i'm i'm a republican they're like you must be racist what the hell are you talking about what the hell are you talking about like that racism stuff it exists but it's not overtly like it's not as big as they're making it out to be i grew up with this I grew up in New York City in the 60s and 70s, mm-hmm. you know, and the other thing is that I, I can't understand how black people say Democrats, you know, black people have been complaining about racism in the United States forever. Right. So they have the Anti-Defamation League. Right. So so anti-Semitism. Right. That's mm-hmm. a crime. Right. In yep. 2020, they have gay hate crimes now. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, in 2020, they made hate a, Asian hate crime, Asian hate crimes, right? Mm-hmm. Well, black people have been screaming in this country for hundreds of years of racism. Why don't they have like black hate crimes? Why isn't that a hate crime? Mm-hmm. Like you know, I, I don't that's understand. That's parallel language you, messaging. That's that's parallel language messaging. So but, so but, in CRT, in the woke ideology, there is uh, the understanding that racism equals power plus prejudice right but that is that is what i call parallel language messaging that is a lie that is a misdirection racism equal it means prejudice based on race Mm -hmm. and anybody can be racist but the whole the whole idea of changing the definition is so that so that uh primarily black people can say we can't be racist. We can be prejudiced, but we can't be racist because we're not in a position of power. That is parallel okay. language messaging. It is a lie. But, but, so so I, 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 just to make myself clear, I'm not looking for them to make this a law. Well, what I'm saying is that how do black people continue to go along with this and still stay and still vote for these people? That are not that that are obviously not doing what they're asking them to do or in their corner for them, you know. So, and then the other thing is like um, before the vaccine came out, 
uh, Bill Gates was talking about, you know, we need to give this to the black population first. That right there is a red signal. Yeah, big red flag. Big red flag. (laughs) Big, huge, huge red flag. You couldn't, if the, the flag is so big that you could cover a whole Trump rally with it. You know, I mean, like, how how do these people keep voting for these same people? I don't understand how these people don't see. It's right in front. I tell people this all the time. It's they're doing it right in front of your face now. They're not even hiding it anymore. It's right out in the open and still you don't want to acknowledge it. So, you know, I, I get a little frustrated. So I just. That this one chick that lives in my building, I'm like, yeah, we we can, you can come downstairs. I'm going to go downstairs and smoke a cigarette, whatever. We can talk, but we're not talking about anything political. <laughs> I tell we're not talking about anything political because she tries to twist my words. She tries to change my mind. She tries to do this. She tries to do that. And I'm like, listen, if I, if I asked you to have sex with me and you told me no once, that's enough. Like, if I told you no already, that's enough. Leave it alone, you know? But anyway, um, great show, man. And uh, let me get off the air so other people can talk. As you know, I love you, and I know you love us. So take care. God bless you both. God bless your children, and God bless America. God bless you, DJ. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you next time. Uh, so, yeah, Gabrielle, he made, you know, an interesting point. I think a lot of people that perhaps before would have just gone along with this stuff have woken up. I mean, certainly I've seen a lot of people with buyer's remorse, not that there were all that many people who voted for Joe Biden to begin with. But out of those who did out of these, you know, so-called protected classes, I've seen a lot of people kind of realize, well, geez, you know, the Democrats don't necessarily have our best interest at heart. You know, uh, they told us all we needed to do was get rid of Trump and things would get better. Well, geez, that's definitely not what happened. Um, You know, but I guess I've always kind of thought that it it was just because they have had this brainwashing impressed upon them for the entirety of their lives. I mean, being told that, you know, you are powerless, you know, all you have to do, the only way that you can overcome is to take that power away from the white people. They will always hate you. And, uh, and therefore it's okay for you to hate them because that's not racist. (laughs) Well, um, I will say, I will say that, um, the black community has been slow to to come to the realization that um, you know Democrats do not have their best interests at heart. I am a lifelong conservative. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never voted for a Democrat, but I, I and and there are there is a a group of black people called Foundational Black Americans, and they have been for years saying that the Democrat Party is not representative of us as a people, as a group. Um, and, and they were instrumental in things like the walkaway movement. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, one of the problems that, that Republicans and conservatives have is that we don't do outreach. You know, we don't, you know, we don't go into the black communities and, and stump, for, you know, and, and, and lobby for their votes. We don't, we don't uh, go and, and tell them what we, what we want to accomplish. We, we don't listen to their problems and, and try to address their problems because there are some very specific problems that go right. on in the black community that need to be addressed by politicians, but they refuse to do that. That was one of the wonderful things about Trump. 
he mm-hmm. did. He did that. Um, and he was he was demonized for it on both sides. But, you know, I think that um, conservatives just in general do not like to engage in social issues because in in most conservatives minds, it's um, personal responsibility. Right. Well, we've gone way past that. Our systems are captured mm-hmm. and you can't abstain from, from being involved in social issues anymore. Um, I counsel parents on how to bring their children out of this cult. And two of the families that I've consulted with ha- are uh, conservative Christian homeschoolers. So if it's reaching conservative Christian homeschoolers, then you know that this is not something that you can just uh, abstain from. You can't sit this one out. You can't just say, um, you know, well, everybody needs to come to the realization on their own. This is a social contagion and it needs to be dealt with. And we, as conservatives, we're going to have to start getting more involved in our local, at our local level, in our school boards, at our county commissioners, mm-hmm. um, in our city council meetings, those kinds of things. And, you know, and really, when you go to one of those, it'll be two conservatives and a hundred progressives. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's, that is, you know, we're going to have to start getting involved and activate ourselves. That's we right. think of protesting and activism as you know, something that the people on the loony left do. Mm-hmm. But um, unfortunately, um, because they are the only ones doing it, they're the only ones being heard. And so all of our social issues are, are, being, um, are being carried out through the lens of, of, of progressivism. Yes. And if we don't start um, participating in society as, as an activism, as an activist and as um, as a member of society and, and shape culture um, publicly, then we're going to lose this fight. I, I talk to politicians and tell them the exact same thing. Parents Good. are a voting block now. Yeah. If you want to get a parent's vote, then you better start talking about issues that parents care about. You're absolutely right. I've been saying this for years, everything you've just said there. You know, I mean, we have got to get into the activism field. We've got to be organized. We've got to be willing to talk about these things, get out into the public. Uh, and we can't assume that anybody else is going to solve our problems for us. It has to be us. We have to. The only way we're going to beat the system is if we become the system. We have to replace this failed and corrupt system that's in place right now. And Fredo, I think I might have missed a uh, a super chat from you over there on Rumble. If I did, please just put it in as your next chat, and I'm going to ask Gabrielle your most recent question. Um, Fredo Awakening over on Rumble says, Gabrielle, did any other parents express an interest in joining your lawsuit? It seems like there would be strength in numbers. And also, did you try to get others on board? Wishing you luck in your crusade. This seems like it could very easily be a class action lawsuit because certainly your children were not the only ones who were affected. Um, This was happening. This is happening in almost every school in America. Mm -hmm. And so there should be there should be multiple class action lawsuits all over the country. 
And I am a big advocate. I am the sue they draws off. <laughs> sue them. Sue them. But, you know, I can scream that to the top of my lungs and it doesn't matter because people, especially conservatives, think of lawsuits as a tactic of the left. So, you know, things like medical malpractice and those types of things, that's, that's stuff that most conservatives don't engage in. Right. Um, and they also think of it as something that rich people do, you know, um, because they worry about the money. But I, I, I did have to hire my first lawyers, um, but I am now being represented by um, a public interest law firm. And I can tell you right now, if you've had one, just one survey given to your child, if that survey asks for pronouns or asks for your race or gender or any of those kinds of things, that's a compelled speech violation and you have a hundred to a $400,000 lawsuit. So get out there and sue somebody. Boom. Uh, that sounds like a great idea. All right. We're going to bring in our next caller. And uh, and I'm sorry. Did, so you, did, you, you went alone on this lawsuit. Were there any other parents that wanted to join and maybe just didn't have the, the courage to do so? We never heard from any other parent. Wow. Wow. That's just in, insane to me. All right. We've got our next caller on the line, Sweeta. Sweeta is one of our uh, correspondents from India. How are you, Sweeta? Yeah, I'm fine, Red Bill. Hi. Excellent. Thank you for being here. What's your question for Gabrielle? Uh, it's actually an observation. Uh, Gabrielle said that, you know, lesbians don't contribute to the pharma industry, whereas the transgenders, uh, they really uh, contribute to the pharma industry. And that's probably the reason why, you know, this whole um, uh, push for the, uh, the trans agenda is happening. Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. I mean, lesbians, lesbians go throughout their whole lives and never need birth control. They never need, they never need hysterectomies. They never need, um, they never have babies. You know, um, a lot of the times they don't, they don't suffer from uh, the same kinds of anxiety problems that, that mothers do or wives, those kinds of things. So lifelong, lifelong lesbians, most of the time don't, they don't need a lot of medical treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, some, sometimes later on in life, there may be some issues, but by and large, you can go through your whole life as a lesbian and not need a whole, a, a lot of the things that, um, that, uh, straight women need. So yeah, they, this is a way to, to, um, you know, make little cash cows out of, out of the would be lesbians. Very true. Very true. <laughs> Go ahead. Did you have something else, Sweeta? No, I just want to uh, give you Eric Karlstrom's uh, email ID again. Oh, and I've, he's pretty prompt with his. Uh, I I will. I, I've got it. I've still got it, and uh, I just I will email him as soon as the show is over. I promise you. <laughs> thank you so much, Eric. Absolutely, thank no you. problem. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Thank All you. Right. Have a great night. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, you know it's you know this this is. Very reminiscent to me, you know, the the pharmaceutical aspect uh, of what we saw during the the pandemic, the scamdemic, if you will. You know, I mean, they 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 turned it into a money making opportunity. And despite the lack of safety and efficacy with the the jabs, you know, I mean, virtually all the pharmaceutical companies are, are 
like really based in like a, a COVID based economy now. You know what I mean? Everything is related to this, you know, PPE exploding, um, you know, sanitizers and hand washes and uh, whatever uh, uh, prescription drugs they can come up with to uh, to get people to take. And, you know, I mean, uh, obviously pushing this unnecessary jab on people, making the government pay for it, which means we're paying for it. Uh, and then trying to get everybody in the world to take it and then take a booster every six months. You know, I mean, it's the, it's a wet dream for the pharmaceutical companies. And if you can turn uh, a child, a 12 year old into a customer for life, you know, because they're going to have to take testosterone and then, you know, everything that comes along with it. Maybe they're going to take Propecia later in life so they don't lose their hair. You know, I mean, it's just it's never ending. I, I, I'm not. You a know, fan. guess what? Yeah. Guess what? I got news for you. You're paying for it, too, because a lot of this stuff is being done through Medicaid. Wow. A lot of it. And that's another thing. Medicaid is a guaranteed, a guaranteed check, you know. Um, And so so the pharmaceutical companies and the medical professionals that are um, pushing this stuff are doing it and saying that gender affirming care should be the only treatment for rapid onset gender dysphoria and, and for transgenderism. So that means that if that's the only treatment, then Medicaid has to cover it. Mm-hmm. So Medicaid or Medicare and even insurances will not cover a reconstructive surgery for somebody who has had cancer and, and needs a, a, you know, and had to have a mastectomy due to cancer. They won't cover the reconstructive surgery for that, but they will cover the double mastectomy for a child who uh, thinks that she's born in the wrong body. So the cosmetic surgery is fine for the child who is suffering from a fake illness, but it's not okay for somebody who has had a real illness. I mean, that the the insanity that has ensued and there's other issues too like like there are shortages for estrogen Mm -hmm. and and when they experience shortages for estrogen they don't reserve it for the women who have had hysterectomy they give it to the to the the men who've decided that they're women i mean they're being they're Mm -hmm. prioritizing that and there's other issues for trans people too, like um, I, one of the one of the um, one of the transgender um, uh, women, trans women, the uh, male to female trans person. He gets um, regular and annual reminders to get his pap smear. <laughs> what are they gonna smear his butt crack like how where are they gonna get that smear from oh my um, god he Can gets you... annual but but he but you know what he doesn't get he doesn't get an annual reminder to get a prostate, prostate exam. Exam. that oh. could that could save his life yeah you yeah know, but he doesn't he doesn't get that because the medical community is completely captured and they're going along with this non-scientific science and in the pseudoscience and um and letting everybody will themselves into their into the wrong sex um so that they're not getting proper treatment there's another issue i had a 
I had a radiologist ask me, what should I say to one of my patients who is clearly a man and they're taking hormones, they're taking estrogen and the estrogen, they're taking so much estrogen that it is giving off cancer markers. And so the treatment is chemotherapy. And I know that this chemotherapy is going to kill him. What do I tell him? And I'm like, you're asking, you're, you're a doctor. <laughs> you're asking, you're asking me, what do you, I'll tell you what you tell him. You know what you tell him? You tell him, look here, I can respect your pronouns at your funeral if you want, because you're going to be a was word if I do this. <laughs> that's what you tell oh. him. Was word. Oh, that's good. That's you good. You know? Oh, That's it's, your pronouns. If you don't, you know, yeah, you're going to be a was work if wow. I have to give you this chemo. So you better come clean about, about, and all of the, and you know, he even said when they had, you know, cause when you have cancer, there's a, there's a team and this whole team is just nodding in approval that they're going to give this obvious man chemotherapy instead of telling him just back off the hormones. Wow. Jeez, oh, Pete's. We really are living in clown world. Okay, we're going to bring in our next caller. We had four people on the line, but somebody hung up. Sorry, you uh, dropped off. Go ahead and jump back in if you like. We have about ooh, 25 minutes left. And caller, you're on the air. Can we get your name? Is that me? That is you, sir. Yes. What's your name? It's, it's Bada Bing. Bada Bing. Hey, Bill, how are you? It's been a minute for, since I heard from you, buddy. How you been? I know. I've been all right. Um, just to kind of start off, just to run back a little bit. Go ahead. I was one of your first callers when you first started taking calls, and we couldn't get the connection to go through. So finally, tonight, I managed to get a connection, but not over my computer because I had a blue screen. So okay. I, had to, I had to get through my phone. Well, I'm glad it I worked make, out. Absolutely. One of the things I wanted to mention right off the top is people have to see uh, Jordan Peterson's Butchers and Liars. He talks all about the trans and about the doctors and the psychologists that are pushing this thing, and he just lays it right on the line. He calls them right out. Excellent, excellent. It'll, it'll put everybody's heart at ease, I believe that someone out there with some pull who has some cachet who also has the background in psychology mm-hmm. saying these things. So Jordan Peterson absolutely. is a, Jordan Peterson is great. Absolutely love Jordan Peterson. For sure. Yeah. Butcher, butchers and liars it's called. Okay, butchers and liars. Oh, Put it on your men- list. Absolutely. The other thing I wanted to mention was as far as prejudice is concerned I I dealt with prejudice as a child, and I'm just as white as you, if you can believe that. But it just happened to be, in my area, Italians were targeted, mm-hmm. and we were called wops and, uh, uh, well, you know, shit diggers and ditch diggers and, you know, sure. all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And that went on for years. And the only thing that The thing that stopped it was we had an influx of immigrants that were Indians. Mm -hmm. Well, they were actually Pakistanis. And 
they kind of took to the bottom. They were now on the bottom. And the other thing, right around that same time, the movie with John Travolta came out, Saturday Night Live. Uh, Classic. Vinnie Barbarino. Uh, yep. what, what was, I forget what he was called in the movie. But he was he was some kind of Italian. And okay. at that point, everything changed. Suddenly, so was I know cool as an Italian. Right? <laughs> what, 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 what's that? Italians became sexy, right? Exactly. Italians became sexy. And then after that, we had all the, the mob movies. And, uh, you know, so it uh, it depends on who's on the bottom. So yeah. everybody can experience that kind of stuff. And uh, this 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 trans thing is is has really caused a, a real problem for everybody. And I think where we run into a slippery slope is that we now have gay, lesbian, and trans. And well, don't, there, for, don't forget about the QPIA plus and then the maps too. You got to throw those in there. <laughs> that that's what they want people to think. Well, that's uh, I, I I can't go there. I understand. I, 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 I was tongue in cheek. Tongue in cheek. Continue. Ab- absolutely, <laughs> but but I I don't play that game with them. But uh, we've got a slippery slope here because who's to say we haven't got somebody that identifies as say so- someone who's gay, but tries to influence someone to transition like how are we going to avoid that well you know what yeah go ahead you're you're the one that knows i am i'm bisexual and uh, a lot of the people who are fighting this uh like buck uh buck angel and blair white those are trans people um and and plenty you know, of uh, gays and lesbians all over the world. You know how we, we just say, no, no, we're not going to, we're not going to accept your delusion. We're not going to accept this as, as truth. This is, you know, when you're talking about how you feel, like, you know, this is how I feel. I was born in the wrong body. And I feel like I, you know, need to um, disembody myself and, and get myself a new body because I that I, I this is how I'm I'm feeling inside. Well, and that was coming that, to me out of the school. Is that correct? It's it. I mean, it happens in more than just the schools. It's it's happening everywhere. But I I do focus mostly on uh, K through twelve education. But when but but when you talk about that. What you're essentially saying is my spirit, right? You're, you're talking about what other people refer to as their spirit. And so when you're talking about a spirit, you're talking about a religion. You're talking about a belief. You're talking about an ideology. And we are not obligated. We're not uh, obligated to observe your religion. I am an atheist. I do not observe other people's religion, but that doesn't mean except that I have to be hateful to anyone. Except you don't, the Constitution. You just don't. Our Constitution, Constitution is based on God. 
the Constitution is is based it is based on a, a Christianity, right? But you That's can, right. I mean, I still observe. I, I don't have to believe in a God to believe the words of the of the Constitution. You know what I'm saying? So I I I don't have to observe a religion in order to be an American. That's part of the good thing about being an American is that I can I can have whatever beliefs I want to. So when you're talking about the transgender cult. Absolutely. Do you celebrate Christmas? Not willingly. I have five (laughs) kids. Let me tell you something. It was I did not like having to spend all night long putting together all them damn toys. But, you know, I I, I hear you. I know what it's like. I've been there. Yeah. So, you know, I enjoyed uh, it. I I enjoyed doing it. The uh, the you know, the the real thrust of this, I think, for a lot of people is that, you know, you're absolutely right. I mean, this ideology becomes the religion of the left uh, because they have no other foundation. They believe that this is the only thing that defines them and the thing that uh, they have to live by. And then they force those beliefs upon other people and they want them to be recognized. It's like as if, you know, uh, somebody who was Muslim moved in next to me and then I had to start praying five times a day or, you know, be silent at the times that they were doing their own religious practices. And uh, it becomes ridiculous. Uh, listen, Bada Bing, we got to go on to the next caller, buddy, but I really appreciate you calling in. Good to talk to you again, Bada oh. or, 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 or Red Pill. And Always. I want to I let you know, that what tied me back into you was I heard you in Space Shot the other night talking on, uh, you know, on, on your podcast, mm-hmm. but that Space Shot was the one that convinced you to come in, and he was the one that convinced me to come and start watching you. Awesome. So, awesome. I appreciate you, something? buddy. Thank you very much for it's being here. a small here. world. Yes, it is. All right. Have a great night. And say hi to JR for me. I will. I will. Certainly. All right. We'll see you, buddy. Okay. Bye-bye. So, you know, Gabrielle, one thing that uh, I uh, I've always wondered. So several years ago, I read this study that said that in the brains of uh, uh, gay men and women, they could actually identify a structural difference. So like, say, a gay man structurally in some intrinsic portion of the brain, they were it was built more like a woman's and the same for lesbians. And I've always wondered if the explosion in uh, in the trans phenomenon that we've had might also have a biological component. Like we have all these uh, endocrine mimicking substances that are out there in the world. And, you know, it, it's from like the, the, the things that they make plastics with. You know, it's like the quintessential Alex Jones. They're making the frogs gay. I think that logical extension is that they're also trying to make the kids gay. So maybe there is. Uh, a certain aspect of it that could be explained by that. But I think that the numbers that we're seeing, uh, it goes far beyond it. Right. I mean, you know, I don't know uh, anything about that. You know, I know how to fix my car. Uh, I know how to lay a hardwood floor. Um, I know how to do all of those things, but I still have boobs. So that's (laughs) all that I can't, you know what I mean? That's right. Right. That's, um, you know, I can also, you know, um, I can also, um, you know, burn really, really wonderful meals. You know what I mean? I can also do all kinds of things, but that doesn't, that doesn't take away from the fact that I am in fact a woman. Right. So, you know, just because I have a lot of masculine energy, um, a lot of the times 
doesn't it doesn't change my sex. Mm-hmm. It doesn't um, it doesn't dictate my gender. Um, you know, I can do all of those things. It doesn't it doesn't mean that I'm a man. It just means I'm a badass girl. Right. And that's exactly what I ter- told Dr. Lagapo about my daughter. You know, my daughter installed my range and she installed my dishwasher. Um, and I took videos of those things because she's amazing. She's in the 98th percentile. She, um, you know, but she she also um, got a, a hundred thousand dollar scholarship to the, the city ballet. Um, you know, so she she has all of these wonderful gifts. But the fact that she knows how to, uh, you know, put together a desk or um, or she knows how to, um, you know, use a soldering iron, that does not make her a boy. It just no. makes her a badass girl. Yep, you're you're absolutely right. And uh, the uh, you know the the fact that they're trying to convince these kids that maybe they might have like a, a a trait or two that would be considered masculine or feminine, you know that that would translate to them being born in the wrong body. I mean, it's horribly disingenuous. All right, we've got four more callers on the line. I'm going to go ahead and take the numbers off the screen, guys, because I want to get to the rest of these. Caller, you're on the air. Can we get your name? My head feels like a Frisbee. Ah, pr- principled enigma. Good to hear from you, buddy. <laughs> What's your question for Gabriel? Yeah. I wanted to find out if indeed all the efforts that you're putting into these um, uh, legal um, attempts, uh, has anything been paying off at all? Uh, paying off in the monetary sense? Not yet. <laughs> no, no, I don't, necessarily mean, I don't necessarily mean monetary. I'm, I mean, right. from a legal standpoint, are, are people beginning to listen? Uh, uh, do you see that people are waking up as a result of your efforts? Um, you know, are you, are you winning victories in court slowly but surely? Yes. Are you having an effect we- in a positive manner? Yes. Yes, indeed, we are. Um, I actually did. I even got um, I I got a, a text from a lawyer today asking for our case because he was going to use it when he was st- when he as he's filing um, another lawsuit. You know, our case has has helped um, uh, college professors uh, talk about legal challenges as First Amendment rights, um, as parental rights. Um, I have been uh, featured in two books. One of them is called Undoctrinated. The other one is called Actively Unwoke. Um, we have, um, we, I have inspired a million parents to get activated and fight this. And they do cite our case when they're talking about things. Um, we've been written about in all kinds of different publications all over the world. And I've spoken in I don't know how many podcasts. I was on Tucker Carlson, Fox and Friends, Newsmax. Um, uh, we've gotten the attention of a lot of people. Um, we've even had some attorney generals when they were talking to their legislators, their legislative body about this issue. They have created bills and some of those bills were based on what we're doing in our lawsuit. Um, We have had a very good effect on society as a whole. Now, I will tell you, we do not have enough people fighting, that's for sure. But the more we speak out, the more we engage, the more with people we reach and peak, 
the more we're, uh, impact we're going to have on society. So I fight every single day. Good stuff. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, yeah, I think that what a lot of people need to begin to realize is that the real depth of the corruption goes to spiritual depths. It's not skin deep. It's not just the laws we understand it, but uh, there are things going on in realms that we cannot see that uh, are really having great influences upon this planet. And uh, if we if we don't understand that and have our heads wrapped around the truth with regards to which realm is right and which realm is wrong, we're going to be on the short end of the stick. So I hope and pray that uh, the people will also wake up in a spiritual sense, not just political. Amen. All right, brother. Thank you not very much for patriotic. your call. Yes, you have a good good evening. God bless. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Next caller. Oh, Trisha, you're back on the line. I'll take you next. All right. We've got uh, three callers left. Are you Patri- talking to me, though? I'm I, Val Hall. I know, Val. I, yep, Val, you're there. I was. My question was going to be, what's your name? I was just giving some directions to the other people in the chat room. But and I, welcome. And, and I had to wait on Zoom a long time. And I'm like, okay, maybe I should hang up. Oh, no. Don't <laughs> worry. Don't worry. Don't am, worry. I, am I on right now? Because oh, yeah. I'm outside, so I can't hear that's, the stream. Yes, you are. You're live. You're on the air with myself and and Gab okay, Clark. Okay, I want to say, oh my God, Gabrielle Clark, you are an amazing <laughs> woman. And I, I, I grew up in Oakland, California, uh, and as a young person, was the first girl drummer in my school. One of the best athletes as a woman, and. The Black Panther Party moved in next door, and we were friends with them. You know what I mean? Like uh, Oakland, right? But so, and, so be- and before so they were, and before I'm they a were... lesbian, and I'm sixty years old, Gabrielle, sixty. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> and I am a conservative, America first patriot. I was fighting with all these people. Uh, but one of the things that happened to me was I noticed uh, the chemtrails were screaming over the sky and I woke up and I met a whole bunch of people that were noticing that our skies were compromised and I'm a landscape contractor and and the sky was part of my world. So over 20 years ago, I started fighting uh, against geoengineering and chemtrails and I dug, dug down deep the rabbit holes and I found out all those people, and I used to be a Democrat that I voted for, were uh, these people that are doing such horrible things. A- and one of the things I wanted to thank you for tonight, and I had to wait a long time on the Zoom meeting here, uh, is Gabrielle, what you said tonight just cleared it like to the sky. You told that everybody that's a bisexual, that's a lesbian, that's anything, is not really into any of this. And and we haven't been. Now, that's back, right. Back in the day, back in the day, and I can't hear you that well. My dogs are barking. Sorry, I live on a farm. Okay, I'm in the woods. Go, Otis. Uh, one of the things that you said that was just so uh, great was that not all of us or anywhere into this and most gay people I know aren't and even back in the early day 
when we were just gay people and they tried to make us uh, gay, lesbian, and whatever in the group. We didn't even like that. But we used to go to a fun thing like the gay parade and, and have one day a year to just have a fun time. And, and it was like invigorating. It was nice for that one day. But during the years, and there was a lot of things that happened during those years, people died of AIDS and it was like a funeral possession, procession all the time. It, it was very sad. And then later there was this group called Nambla and they were male adult men pedophiles for boys. Mm-hmm. And, and we booed them every year. Like, no way. And so if, if people think the whole gay community is into this crazy uh, transhumanism agenda, mm-hmm. and maybe they are because they're mind control, I don't know. They're not. They were just being normal people that did something a little different, and we had a little freedom to do it. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, absolutely. And let me just tell you, um, by and large, by and large, um, the the gay and lesbian uh, community does not support uh, what's going on. Um, And if you look at things like the Pride Parade, there's hardly any gay and lesbian people in the Pride Parade anymore. Well, um, you know, I you stopped know. going years ago when I I just moved to the woods because I knew stuff was getting crazy. But I'm glad you told me that. Yeah. Yes. It's, and it's and turned I have into to say something... to you, Gabrielle, that... go ahead, Rebel. Yeah. I was just going to say it's turned into something completely different. Now they have people performing overt sexual acts with children all around. It's, uh, you know, it, it's oh, completely crazy. No, we never, they, never condoned that back in the day. No. Yes. And we, I mean, the gay and lesbian community has fought long and hard um, for, for sexuality, for their sexuality to not matter to society. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. and this is the opposite of that. This is the antithesis of what it really meant to be uh, part of the gay and lesbian community. And they, and, you know, our community has been captured um, also by, by the whole, um, by NAMBLA and the MAPS, um, the, the uh, trans rights activists. All of those, all of those people are, are interlopers. They don't represent um, they don't represent the mass, uh, the mass, uh, the vast majority of of gay and lesbian people, um, gay, lesbian, and bisexual, even transgender people don't like this. There's even there are even drag queens who say, "I don't want to be around children." Oh yeah, I don't yeah. want them there. We don't. They don't yeah. belong there. You know, this is this is you know I, what I do is adult. Per- performances for it adults. was adult behavior all along and it should stay that way and it's, that's it's right it's just so strange to grow up and i'm 60 years old now and i'm living in the woods and i'm one of the biggest patriots you ever met yes, without a partner and i don't even, i don't even i'm sometimes like whatever i can't even call myself gay right now i'm just like <laughs> Well, that's actually been a problem, too. You know, that's actually been a problem, too, because, you know, um, I am de facto straight because because if if you try to go out into the community, 
into the gay and lesbian and bisexual transgender community. If you try to go out in any of those places, you are completely bombarded with it. And like, say you want to get on a dating app, you get on a dating app and you you say, you, well, right. I mean, I'm just saying if, if you're, if you're a lesbian and you go on a dating app, if you're a lesbian and you go on a dating app, every, every other profile is a man. It's, it's a man because I, oh, they're I believe you. How crazy is that? It's, it's like you can't even you can't even date, and and you know they're trying to you know they're trying to say that if you don't if you don't date trans women, then you're transphobic. They, I mean, it's well, it's crazy. They do the same thing to men yeah, now too. Like you know, woman. yeah. I was just saying they do the same thing to men now, you know, telling men that if you wouldn't date a trans woman, then you are, you know, transphobic and there's something wrong with you. You are, uh, you know, know, but I mean, she's, you know, I mean, people, people like who they like. And I mean, you know, if you like women, you know, if you like men, you know, if you're somewhere in between and you're not, I don't know, I'm not going to be shamed into feeling like I have to, thank God, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm engaged to be married, so I don't have to worry about the dating scene, but to be forced into feeling like you have to uh, capitulate to date a biological man, I mean, there's nothing more horrific to me. And, okay, and not so you only just that, said it, co- Zach, you just said it, it's it, when you're forced into having feelings, yeah. then we're not real anymore. Yeah, yeah. And that's the other thing. Normally, if you are coerced into sex by anyone, that is considered rape. Yes. That is rape. And so now now it's totally okay for, you know, these, you know, AGPs and TRAs to coerce people into into sex with them? No. I don't know. Maybe. maybe maybe Or or you're going to get arrested or some kind of thing. Oh, bad. Oh, well, listen, Val, we, we've got to take these last two callers and wrap up the show, but I really appreciate it. It's good to I'm hear sorry, from you. I'm sorry, but I want to tell Gabrielle Clark that she, like, nailed it. And at least, you know, a lot of people know me in the movement and they know I'm a 60-year-old lesbian woman, but I'm like your, your best sister up here in the woods, America first patriot, I got to say. Thank you. So, Thank you and, so much. And love you, sister. And uh, hopefully I can get in touch with you sometime. Uh, well, uh, we 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 passed whatever we passed out uh, Gabs's um, uh, link tree out into the chat. I'll have the mods okay. throw that again at the end of the show, so just be ready to grab it. Thank you so much. Right. And, Thank uh, you. Great show, Red Pill. I'm glad Sweeta called in. I know she's <laughs> great, isn't she? Glad you called in too. All right, have a great night. All right, love you. Bye. L- love you too. We'll see you. Okay, final two callers. We've got Trisha. Coming in. Thank you for sticking with us, Gabs. Thanks for such a quality show tonight. Appreciate it. Uh, let's see. Trisha's actually taking a minute. So we'll bring in Patriots Forever, who I think is our friend, Mr. Amazing. Patriots Forever. And uh, okay. So actually, they both connected at the same time. Patriots, hear me all right? Patriots Forever and Trisha, you're both on the line, but we're going to take Trisha's question first. Trisha, go ahead. Oh, oh, whoops. It's okay. It's, I, okay. I brought you both in at the same time. I didn't think it was going to happen so quickly. No problem. I'll make it quick. Um, okay. I've been through so many feelings since the show, since she started talking, but um, I wanted to point out that <clears throat> somebody very close to me uh, 
identified as a lesbian and she was obviously not happy. Uh, she's still in school. Um, she just hit puberty a couple years ago. So, you know, she's still young and now she's turned around and she's fine, sort of, but she was cutting herself. So that told me that she wasn't happy where she was at. And, and I know school had a lot to do with it. And I do not know. And you say you moved back to Houston, but uh, it's a very liberal town now. <laughs> and I, I imagine the school districts are really uh, more liberal than conservative anymore. <laughs> but the, I just wanted to, to say that, but I wanted to also say that I took a college course one time and I don't know why I picked, I think we were told to pick this subject and I did, a, I found a study on biological male-female. They had male and female internal organs and they didn't know what, you know, how to classify that child or these children, I think there were two or three in the study. And I think they were going to let them decide. But it was, you know, so it's environmental, it's our food, it's mm -hmm. everything that's just disrupting our um, chemical makeup. Yeah, and yeah. There's, anyway, you know, it, here's the thing. It's, it's, it's a, it's a nuanced and complicated issue. Uh, cases like that are just so incredibly rare, less than 1% of babies that are, I mean, sometimes babies are born with tails, but we don't tell them that they right. might be monkeys, you know, <laughs> I mean, like they're still a human being. And, uh, you know, I, I heard of another case like that, Trisha, where I believe that there was, uh, uh, twins that were born, uh, and, uh, one of the boys, two boys, twin boys, one of them had uh, intersexed genitals, and so the doctor was told to make a decision uh, as to what sex that baby was going to be. So they cut his penis off and uh, mm -hmm. kind of like surgically created uh, female genitalia, and they never told him. And he grew up his entire life feeling completely mixed up, did not feel like a girl, felt like a boy, did not feel like uh, he was in the right body. And then when he was in his mid-20s, they told him what really happened, uh, and he immediately converted over to dressing and acting like a boy because that's how he felt. But then he ended up blowing his brains out because there's, you know, there's nothing you can do. Your penis is gone. You know, you never had the opportunity to even get that figured out. And for them to just immediately jump to the uh, uh, the medical solution for this stuff, it ignores all of those other nuanced issues that could potentially be. Uh, you know, creating the problem, you know, I mean, it ignores the societal issue. It ignores the uh, the fact that, you know, perhaps there there are not uh, two parents in the home to really give influences, both feminine and masculine. You know, there, there's just so many different problems that could be, uh, um, you know, com com compelling this stuff to create to uh, to be created. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Trisha, uh, I want to say you. thank you very much for your call and I uh, hope you have a great night. Thanks, you too. Absolutely. And thank you, Gabrielle, for what you're doing. And I do want to get your information. I w I've been checking out. I, I can't get on Truth Social on my phone, so I can't find you there. I did try the um, that website, and I, I just need to have an email address because I'd like to contact you about my 
this person I was talking about. Are you on Rumble or Foxhole right now? I'm on Rumble. Okay. And that's I am, where I was looking. Okay. I just dropped Gab's uh, link tree right there. And Gab, did you want to give her a direct email right now? Yes. You can uh, send emails to G-A-B-S, the number five, M-I-N-D-S at iCloud.com. That's Gab's five minds at iCloud.com. Gab's five. Okay. Thank you. And good night. Love you. Bye-bye. Love you, too. Good night. We'll see you. Thank you so very much. All right. Patriots Forever, you're the final caller. How are you tonight? Hey, good evening. How are you doing? Excellent, brother. Excellent. So what is your question for Gabs? Thank you. So, um, well, first off, man, if you didn't hit the nail on the head with that example of just how rare those things are and the example of having – humans that are born with a tail and it Mm. is the extreme rarity and you don't make that the norm Mm -hmm. for standardizing, I don't know what textbooks and teaching that in school as the standard. Um, But one thing I wanted to hit on was what they are doing is they're taking sexuality and putting the term gender to it sexual preferences and human sexuality is not the same thing as what wedding tackle you're born with. Mm-hmm. And there's, I, it was funny. I went to the a zoo a few months ago and we're walking around and we're hearing, you can see one lion and you're hearing another lion roar in the back off in the distance. And I asked the lady, I'm like, Oh, is the other, is there another lion pen? And she goes, no, we have another male lion that ended up coming to our zoo and we can't put them both in the same area. Otherwise they'll fight each other to the death. Sure. This is natural environment. Okay. No one says, Hey, what, how many genders do blue whales have? <laughs> you know what the fuck I'm, I'm sorry i didn't mean yeah to you're curse. right <laughs> do you know what i'm saying do you, there's no hey let's go to africa here comes the bull elephant you know are you gonna argue are you sure that's a bull elephant right how do we know so, that's a boy elephant yeah yes <laughs> right i'm not so, a vet <laughs> what they're trying to do not only are they trying to conflate sexuality with scientific gender issues okay like there's a male and there's a female everyone's for the you know and there's there's less than one percent intersex things you know i'm not calling them things i'm just saying they're uh outliers extreme outliers they're so far out of the norm but that doesn't what if that person identifies with what they ended up with or if they end up not identifying with whatever they're still going back and forth between a male and a female So one of the things the left is really trying to do is they're trying to make people accept something that is not scientific. Like, for example, let's say I told you I am a black and orange tiger that is also part alligator and I'm five different genders and you have to believe me otherwise you're a racist and a bigot Mm -hmm. and and 
there, you're going to eventually find people who are so far on the left that they're going to agree. There's apparently there's students who are identifying as cats that are meowing and barking in the classroom. They're acting like animals and mm-hmm. the teachers are being pressured into accepting their meows as answers to the math question. It's insane. Uh, Gabrielle, I saw that the, the latest TikTok um, pronoun craze is cake genders. So you can identify as a bunt cake or a wedding cake or whatever. I don't even know how you use something like that, but we've, they have taken this to like, just the like illogical extreme. The fact that people can say these things with a straight face and expect that other people are, are going to, uh, you know, recognize them as such, you know, and that in some places it's considered a, a, a hate crime. If you, choose not to use somebody's preferred pronouns it's absolutely ridiculous yeah there you go that's what that's the next part of the evolution which has already happened and you are the best example of this because you've been censored five million ways from sunday is they're using that as a tool to be not only a wedge but they're always trying to silence the opposition Mm -hmm. and they're always trying to oppress quote-unquote wrong think even though if I, you know i'm like hey my wife is actually identifying as a lamp that talks <laughs> who's crazy here you know what i mean <laughs> like who's the crazy person but oh. if, if you start calling that person crazy because they are in fact crazy now you're just being a hateful person and you deserve to be pulled off of twitter and whatnot because you're just being a hateful person well, the, the real, the real irony is that until just a couple of years ago, people behaving in this manner would have been considered mentally ill and it would have been uh, totally scientifically acceptable to, you know, talk about it as a mental illness. I mean, it, which is truly what I think it is. Listen, Patriots forever. We got to bounce. I, I uh, told Gabby that we were going to be doing two hours tonight and I, I don't want to keep her from doing her other stuff tonight. Um, but uh, I really appreciate your call and thank you for the uh, salient points. Absolutely. And one last thing, whenever I said committed, I was talking about the person that, who has the lamp talking, not the trans or any of that. <laughs> I, no, no, no. I, I, know, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Don't worry. We I all get it. We love you guys. And uh, everyone keep up the good fight. God bless you all. God bless America. God bless, thank brother. Thank you so much. We'll see you soon. All right. Uh, well, Gab. Well, Go ahead. Go ahead. There's okay. So let's talk about let's talk about this. The story that you ta- that you just told. That is the story of David Reimer. And David Reimer was not born intersexed. He had a physical problem that he had to have a circumcision for mm-hmm. because and his family oh, was Mennonite. Right. Yes. And so they so they didn't they didn't perform circumcisions on uh so he ended up getting one and it was botched yes that's he had right. a twin brother he had a twin brother now let's talk about that that is where gender started that was that was that experiment was performed by a man named john money and that is the person who kind of coins the phrase gender coined the word gender because that was not a thing before then. David Reimer shot himself because 
of all of the sexual abuse that he endured at the hands of John Money. He was made to perform sex acts with his twin brother. Oh, whoa. That's horrible. I had no idea about that aspect of it. Yes. Wow. But this speaks volumes about safeguarding. So we were talking about safeguarding. And, and, and one of the reasons why it is not okay to talk to children about this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Because, because they're, not, they're not equipped to know what's right and wrong in this, in this scenario. And they're not equipped to understand um, what is real and what isn't. So sexualizing children at such a young age, well, it is going to turn our society into a bunch of sex addicted, uh, um, you know, deviants, drug, drug addicted misanthropes, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, uh, they're, it's just, you know, they're not going to be able to function properly in society. And if no. I'm not mistaken, uh, David's Ro- David Reimer's twin brother also shot himself, also killed himself. Oh, wow. So those, those boys are a perfect example as to why this is not okay. The beginnings of gender is, is not unique in its, in its, um, in its uh, results, a lot of these children who are who are uh, affirmed end up killing themselves mm-hmm. where they might not have um, where they might not have had they been allowed to do what what is what used to be known as watchful waiting. Mm-hmm. So if you had a child who was um, confused about their um, gender as a young person, a very young person. You would just you would just observe watchful waiting. And a lot of the times they would grow up and be gay, but they would still be alive and functioning healthily in society. It is Mm -hmm. very rare that actual gender dysphoria will continue to persist. So the the pseudoscience that they're using, it has its basis in people like John Money. Or Ale- Alexander Kin- Kinsley, I think that's his name. Kinsey, yeah. No, Andrew Kins, Andrew, yes. Kin- he was also a horrific pedophile. Yes. And he did some unbelievably horrendous things to children as young as two months old. Mm-hmm. That is not that is not anything that we want to any kind of legacy that we want to continue. In any form or fashion. So the idea is anybody even talking to me about gender anything, you are automatically in my mind a groomer. And that is a hundred percent a no go for me. I don't care what how you frame it, you're not going to tell me that um, somebody's going to commit suicide, they're going to commit suicide. That is emotional blackmail. Mm -hmm. It is emotional manipulation. It is preying on my empathy. And I do not work with the woke. So there's under no circumstances will I ever relent in my decisions about this fight. 
If there is anybody out there who, and, and you can't wait for your politicians. Jordan Peterson has brought a lot of wonderful things to the forefront, as have lots of other academics, but they don't do anything that is going to stop this. And the reason why it can't stop this because discourse does not affect these people. You can, you can, you can, uh, you can rationalize with them all day. And at the end, it will not matter. They will continue to do this. They will continue to um, indoctrinate children because they do not care about discourse. This is a religion. It is an ideology. It is a cult. And under no circumstance are you supposed to uh, capitulate to people like that. I, I say this all the time. I do not work with the woke. I love it. I absolutely love it. All right. Uh, we're just going to go through these last final thank yous, guys, and we're going to wrap it up. And Kathy's apple pie over on Rumble said, uh, totally remember this guy. I don't remember who it was you were referring to, uh, but you said your interview with Ramon is still one of my favorites. Great show tonight. Thank you very much. And thanks for being here. Uh, and then Freight Awakening also said, great show, Zach. And thank you for for sharing your story, Gabrielle. Uh, and then over on the foxhole, Filter Dog One, thank you for that. J2 Dank, thank you for your donation. PQuest, thank you. Insight Gino, twice. Uh, also, Pi, we had the question that uh, we had asked Gabs earlier in the show. PQuest said, such an important topic. Thank you for the exposure. Thank you to Sean Joe. Thank you to Tangerines26. Uh, this completely breaks my heart, they said. Uh, Slug Trail said, Harry Pitts and male pattern baldness. It's hilarious, but it's true. <laughs> Very true. I'm doing everything I can to hold on to this here. And, uh, you know, it's tough enough being born a, a born a man. Uh, Pete Quest, thank you for that. Sean Joe as well. Liberty Bell said, awesome show and a great guest. Much love, Red Pill. Uh, J2 Dank, thank you. Uh, twice, uh, in, in Search of Truth says, I love you, bud. Keep up the good work. Donkey Punch says, donating when you are live. Catch the replay later on. Thank you for being you. Thank you for that. 123SKG, thank you. And then also Babylon B has not... Uh, the Babylon Bee has not taken back the tweet about the Levine woman of the year. Oh, good God. Rachel Levine as the woman of the year. You know, there's nothing that I can see that is more inherently misogynistic than taking, exactly. the, taking these things away from women and handing them over to biological men. It just seems uh, inherently offensive. And I'm not a woman and I'm offended by it. It is totally offensive. Yeah, it is yeah. totally offensive that the, that the woman of the year and the first woman this and the first woman that and the fastest woman in the world, they're all men. Mm -hmm. Are you serious right now? 50 years of Title IX. And it didn't mean anything. No. What are we doing? And that's why I continue to fight. Amen. And then uh, R.C. Anderson says, hello, Zach. Kansas Mudcat, thank you. Sean Joe, thank you. Patriot Game, thank you. Uh, a boneless chicken said, I think your guest is drop dead gorgeous. Uh, we're how God made us. I'm and single. I'm single. <laughs> <laughs> I dropped her uh, link tree in there. So hit her up. Boneless chicken. And then, uh, yeah, we are how God made us. It's what's in our hearts. And then RC Anderson. Thank you as well. And then I think somebody uh, low country, Brooklyn, one of my mods. Thank you very much. She said, thank you, Gabrielle. I was in uh, Carlin's chat last week and appreciate the work you have done with Sloan Rackmuth. Ed Sloan Rockmuth. Mm -hmm. Sloan, okay, Sloan Rockmuth, Ed, First Alliance, North Carolina, 
uh, as well as no left turn. Keep pushing. All right. Uh, so once again, thank you so much for being here. I had a wonderful time speaking with you. I think we only scratched the surface on this stuff. So I want to first say you're welcome to come back anytime. I definitely want to uh, uh, keep in touch with you in regards to your lawsuit. I think that uh, this is extremely important. We got to keep pushing this stuff and make sure that we're raising awareness and fighting against the woke indoctrination of our children and the rest of America. So at the end of the show, I always like to ask my guests, what do you really want people to take away from our conversation? Activate yourself. You, ha- you have to. You must. There's nobody coming to save you. You know, um, I was poor. I'm still poor. <laughs> Sleeping, you know, we, we were living in a motel when this started. And even now, I could take a settlement. I could take a settlement. And I, I wouldn't be taught. I'd be on a beach somewhere with uh, drinks with umbrellas in them. But we haven't yet because we want to do everything we can to fight this. There's nobody coming. There's no politician. The legislators, they can legislate all they want to. But these people are breaking laws that are already on the books. What -hmm. are you going to do when they break those laws, too? You're going to have to activate yourself. If you have a lawsuit, if you have a case, by all means, I will help you find a lawyer. I mean, you can reach me on Twitter, on True Social, and on Getter at GabsClark5. Send me a DM on Twitter, and I will find you a lawyer. Get in. You don't even have to do what we're doing. You can settle your case. You're, you can settle your case within a month, and that's a hundred thousand dollars. That'll buy you three tanks of gas, and you know maybe maybe a couple of you know at least right? a couple weeks of groceries. Right, yeah. <laughs> a couple weeks of groceries and three tanks. Yeah, no, I mean you know that's a that's a down payment on your new house. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. um, or that's your that's your children's college education paid for. If mm-hmm. that's what you choose to do, you know, I mean, that's what that's what and we need to we need to snatch all the bonds from all of these school districts yeah. Yeah. and stop them from hurting our children. Um, you know, we need to we need to um, activate ourselves every single day. And if you if you are one of those people who just cannot join in this fight yourself, then for heaven's sake. Please support those of us who are. I do this 24 hours a day and I'm not making any money doing it. I wake up at about four o'clock in the morning. And I go to bed sometimes at one o'clock in the morning. You know, I am, I am up doing this all the time. This is all I do. And so, you know, please, if you, can, if you feel like you can't do this yourself, then support those of us who are doing it financially because, you know, the woke are fully funded. Oh yeah. They got that Soros money. Yes. They are fully funded and they don't have to back off and they have the resources to, to steamroll over us. It's those of us who just refuse to get out of the way that are able to fight this. And you can help support us at Gibson go slash support Clarks. And you can also find me on link tree link tree slash Gabs Clark five. And anything is helpful. I even have my Amazon wish list on there. If you don't want to get money, buy me. Look, I don't have enough dishes. I need some more. So look, I mean, 
Hey, I'll take it. I'm not proud. Whatever you, whatever you, you know, whatever you think you can do, we, we, we need the help. The Give, Send, Go is also in the description, along with a link tree if you missed it in the chat. Uh, you know, I, I absolutely applaud the fact that you have continued on with this because it would be very easy to accept a settlement. And then at the same time, it would be very easy for them to just pay you off and then go on and keep molesting our children. You know, I think really what we have to do is think about the long term effects of what this is going to do to society. And, and just based upon that, you know, I mean, this fight is it just vitally important. So. Now, hopefully there are people out there who were, uh, you know, uh, spurred on to take some action by you tonight, Gabrielle. And uh, like I said earlier, please stay in touch. Uh, I want to continue to cover your case and I hope we can have you back on the show again in the near future. Thank you so very much for having me. It was lovely. Absolutely. It was a pleasure to be here with all of you as well. Uh, so don't forget, I'll be back on Monday with uh, regular episodes of Occam's Razor and Red Pill News. So until then, I'll see you. Good luck and God bless.
anybody out there in the audience still here, thank you very, very much for hanging out with us tonight. I love you all. Good night. Have a great day tomorrow.